You know it's an election year when the 81-year-old American president, very much in the old dog category, is being taught new tricks. In this case, by taking to TikTok. Chiefs or Niners? Two great quarterbacks, hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles, then I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? (laughs) Biden. It's a desperate bid to appeal to younger voters, and it comes amid a backdrop of bad news for Joe Biden after his memory and his mental faculties have been called into question. The report made several claims over Mr Biden's mental competency. It described him as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. The president has come out all guns blazing. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. Age is a factor for both of the presidential frontrunners, 81-year-old Joe Biden and 77-year-old Donald Trump. In a country where the life expectancy for men is 73 years, statistically speaking, they're both doing well to be in the contest at all. But while Trump's frequent gaffes only seem to endear him more to his followers, for Biden, patience is wearing thin. The polls show that an overwhelming majority of American voters think he's too old for the job. So is there a scenario where he could be replaced before November's election? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, Total Recall, how Joe Biden's memory affects the US election. My name's David Charter. I'm an assistant editor of The Times based in Washington, D.C. I've been here since 2018 and things are pretty chaotic at the moment. I thought it was going to get a lot quieter when Biden came in, but that's not been the case, actually. It it, it does seem crazier than usual in the run up to the election. How, How is that playing out for you? Normally, you know, when the American election gets close, you're on your toes waiting for an October surprise, which is both sides try and get some material to really sway the election just a few weeks before. We've had a February surprise with this special counsel report that basically said he would not be prosecuted for keeping secret documents at his home and office. This was a report uh, that was done on behalf of the Justice Department to see whether charges should be brought against uh, Joe Biden for his handling of classified documents, taking them to his home in Wilmington in Delaware. However, the sting in the tail was that there was a lot of detail about just how bad his memory was and that this was in fact a factor in deciding that Biden could not be put before a jury because his memory was so bad that he wouldn't be able to answer all the questions that were put to him. Mr Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did to us during our interview with him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. The report found that during the special counsel's own interviews with Biden at the White House uh, last uh, autumn, he seemed strangely unable to recollect 
key dates like when he started his vice presidency and when he ended it, and even the date of his own son's death in 2015. What has the White House said in in response to that? Biden was predictably furious, and he came out with an impromptu press conference where he was clearly quite emotional and very angry. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. He produced the rosary that Beau Biden uh, had given him, which he keeps on him constantly, and said, of course, he would never forget uh, the very moment that his son passed away. But during just the course of that press conference when he was defending himself, he managed to make yet another mistake. So during this 10 minutes or so press conference where Biden was dealing with a very noisy and unruly press pack who was shouting questions uh, over each other, he came back as he was leaving to answer a question about the Middle East. And during that answer, he described the actions of President el-Sisi of Egypt. Only he said it was President el-Sisi of Mexico. Initially... The president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. And he just carried on seemingly oblivious that he'd switched the countries. And David, I suppose, you know, for some time now, people have been saying President Biden is, you know, perhaps a little old for the job. To see it in a report in black and white suddenly makes it a very open matter for everybody to discuss. I mean, what has the response been from within Democrat ranks who must be getting worried now? So publicly, almost every senior Democrat has been rallying around and attacking the special counsel who made this report because he is a registered Republican. He was appointed to a previous role by Donald Trump under the last administration. But just recently, we've seen uh, Hillary Clinton saying that she talks to people in the White House all the time uh, and that they know it's an issue. You know, they know it's an issue. But as I like to say, look, it's a legitimate issue. It's a legitimate issue for Trump, who's only three years younger, right? So it's an issue. But I have to say otherwise that almost every senior Democrats in in Congress and around the country uh, has been talking about how they've still got a lot of faith in Biden because he's been doing good works turning around the American economy, for example, and is simply a much better choice than Trump. So that's the Democrats, broadly loyal, but there are some very serious questions being raised. The Republicans, I assume, are having a field day. Yes, Donald Trump, of course no stranger to joining a pile-on or to leading one, has been emailing his supporters uh, saying that it's Biden is clearly ill uh, and in no fit state uh, to serve again. Biden, he's terrible. Worst president in our history by worst president. He's the worst president. He's the most incompetent president. There have been some Republicans saying it's time for the cabinet to use the 25th Amendment of the Constitution. This is a provision brought in in the 60s, which enables a majority of the cabinet and the vice president to basically 
turf out the president and say they can no longer carry out their duties. That is something, of course, that there's no sign of Kamala Harris, the vice president, was unusually prominent, I would say, uh, at the end of last week, insisting that Biden was, quotes, on top of it all. David, we'll talk a bit about um, what might happen next in just a moment. But before we do, how has this report gone down with the American public? I mean, this is an election year. What has the public response been? So YouGov actually did a quick poll for The Times and found 47% of Americans believe that Biden's health will severely impact his ability to do his job. Within that, a quarter of Democrats think that his health is severely impacting his ability already. And are people talking about his age in some of these polls? So we've had an ABC poll showing that almost nine in 10 Americans believe Biden is too old to serve for a second term. So it's really been a terrible week for him. And just remind us, David, because it's not the first time we've heard these criticisms, just take us back and remind us of some of Joe Biden's gaffes that have caused people to worry about his age and whether he's really able to do the job. Joe Biden has a long reputation for making gaffes. And a lot of these over his career have sometimes been passed off as his trouble phrasing sentences because he had a childhood stutter. But there are clearly other moments that can't be passed off as due to the childhood stutter that he still occasionally suffers from. So we've seen I was in Ireland for Biden's trip last April when he was in a pub just chatting to uh, a few supporters, including a distant cousin who played in an Irish rugby team that beat New Zealand. Only Biden said that he was a great rugby player. He beat the hell out of the black and tans. Was a hell of a rugby player. He beat the hell out of the black and tans. Oh, God. But... But it was when you were at a soldier field, wasn't it? Chicago. This, of course, was the hated British police force in Ireland and not the All Blacks, which is what he meant to say, uh, referring to New Zealand. And this has been a bit of a feature of Biden's speeches. I mean, he was at a speech last year where he was calling out for a woman in the audience uh, or who he knew. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was going to be here. But it transpired that she had died just a few weeks before, and he had met members of her family to commiserate uh, and console them before the event. Oh, God. Yeah. And then just last week, he was recounting one of his favourite anecdotes when he meets world leaders at the 2021 G7 in Cornwall. And he recounts how he was saying that America is back and I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Well, of course, Mitterrand is uh, long dead. And it was Macron who said, but for how long, Mr. President? David, there is a sense that, you know, everybody makes mistakes sometimes. If you're in a highly stressful job, you've got a lot on, you might sometimes just mistake a word. Is that what's happening here? It's obviously a lot worse now than perhaps uh, a stutter or just the wrong words slipping out. There have been 
not just the verbal slips, of course, it's also the physical ones. There are lots of video clips now of him tripping on stairs, whether it's on Air Force One or just a little small flight of stairs to get on a stage to to give a speech. Now that this has been firmly established, really, in people's minds, he can't even close his eyes at the the COP meeting uh, after travelling around the world to go to an environmental summit without it suddenly becoming a meme, of course, that he's dropped off to sleep. In the interests of fairness, we should point out that his rival, Donald Trump, has made similar slips too. I mean, they are both very old candidates for president. Yes, Trump's slips are becoming much more frequent. Uh, We've seen him mix up Obama and Biden uh, as his rival. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. He's called Viktor Orban, the Hungarian leader, uh, the president of Turkey. Viktor Orban. Did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He's probably like one of the strongest leaders anywhere in the world. And he's the leader of Turkey, fronts on both Russia. He's talked about Hungary having borders with Russia, when of course it doesn't. Fronts on both Russia. Yeah, you could sit down. We'll be here for a little. We got plenty of time. And claiming that Biden could plunge the country into World War II, uh, which ended a few years ago. <laughs> It's happening. History perhaps isn't his strongest point. History, reading the auto cue or just trying to make comments off the cuff, it's, it's all becoming a minefield for both candidates, it seems. Coming up, can anyone stop Joe Biden running? That's in just a moment. If you're a Time subscriber, you can catch our latest episode of Inside the Newsroom, giving you a sneaky peek behind the scenes here at The Times on Apple Podcasts this weekend. To find out how, just log on to thetimes.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I suppose it's probably harder for, for Joe Biden just because Donald Trump's followers don't seem to mind when he, when he slips up. Uh, that's all part of the character almost. But, you know, as you say, both are making very frequent slips now. And we are just getting into the phase where, you know, the election, the campaigning is really gearing up. How soon could all of this unravel for, for both of them, really? Well, it's clearly unraveling now because almost every time Biden appears in public, I think his staff's hearts are in their mouths. And we're beginning to see them really shielding him from public appearances there's an annual opportunity to speak to millions of Americans uh, in the pre-Super Bowl broadcast, which the White House passed up for the second year running uh, this year. And it's just amazing that a president who's running in a tight race for re-election would decline to do a pretty soft interview, probably, uh, just before the Super Bowl, just to joke around about Taylor Swift or something. Uh, it, it, and that must have one of the biggest audiences in America. It would easily exceed 20 million viewers when they don't put the president up for a free hit like that. They're clearly worried about what he's going to say. Well, David, given the difficulties we're already starting to see, there are people who are starting to say within the Democrat camp that maybe they should be thinking about an alternative. I mean, just is it too late for the Democrats to field a different candidate? It's almost too late now to put up someone else in the primary contest. That's already started. Of course, there's going to be an election in every state in the coming weeks and months. But the paperwork has to be filed many weeks in advance so that the ballot papers can be printed with everyone's names on it. And we've just seen throughout last year how every major Democratic figure uh, got behind Joe Biden and simply refused to jump in against him. In fact, it's kind of a taboo in the Democratic Party ever since Edward Kennedy took on the incumbent president, Jimmy Carter, in 1980. And they tore lumps out of each other. And it was one of the reasons cited for Carter losing that 1980 election to Ronald Reagan. That scarred the Democratic Party and the incumbent president is given a free run apart from a couple of token candidates who are running against him but are not picking up uh, much support. If Biden was to drop out voluntarily, of course, he, he could free up his electors. So at the party conference in August in Chicago, uh, they were free to back uh, other candidates that's very close to, to the election, really. Yes, it's not unprecedented, but it, well, it's, un, it's, it, it's very unusual. Back in 1968, Lyndon Johnson, the sitting president mm. who was expected to run again, surprised the party and the country on the last day of March in the election year by announcing that he actually wasn't going to run. The party ended up picking his vice president, who, of course, lost to Richard Nixon. But in this modern era, it's, it's very difficult because of the way the party has structured things to really favour the incumbent president. So Biden will have, most likely, 
uh, the overwhelming number of delegates who are pledged to vote for him from each state at the party conference. Now, it's not absolutely legally binding. They won't go to jail if they don't vote for him. There could be some sort of revolution uh, if Biden is clearly uh, ill, but is refusing to stand down. But at the moment, uh, he shows no sign of stepping back. You made the comparison with Lyndon Johnson. I suppose the difference is there were some very strong candidates who could step in at that point. Has Joe Biden almost prevented that from happening? I know you've written about him in the past as being very stubborn. Everything we know about Biden uh, suggests that he, he really wants to run again. It took him 78 years to become president, and he's not giving it up lightly. In fact, there's only a small handful of figures who could meaningfully talk him out of it. And really, it boils down to his wife, Jill Biden, and his sister, Valerie Biden Owens. Valerie, of course, goes all the way back to that first Senate campaign in 1972, when she was his campaign manager and has been involved in every one of his re-election and election campaigns since. And so those are the people who have the most sway over him. Although really, it comes down to Biden. We know that, for example, in 2016, just after his son Beau had died, he just informed everyone that he was in no fit uh, state to mount uh, a run in, in, in that year. But that was his own decision at, at the end, even though he consulted his family. That's the most likely way Joe Biden would go. If the two of the most prominent women in his life advised him, it was time. If that doesn't happen, you've already said it's unlikely that they'd lean on the 25th Amendment. Just talk us through that scenario. So again, under the 25th Amendment, the president can voluntarily hand over to his vice president and can do that temporarily if they're unable to discharge the powers and duties of office. But I think the more pertinent one, and this was discussed uh, in connection with Donald Trump, of course, after the January the 6th riot in 2021, is that it allows for the vice president with a majority of cabinet members to make a written declaration that the president is no longer able to continue. Now, this has never happened. And the president could dispute this. There could be a dispute between the president uh, and his vice president. And then that would go to Congress, and a two-thirds majority of Congress would be required to keep the vice president in power. Otherwise, uh, the president would be able to cling on. It's extremely hard to remove a US president from office who doesn't want to be removed. And if he does go on and gets through the next election and wins, what happens then? Because, you know, again, he, he will be quite old if he was to decide to step back after that point, is it the vice president who steps up immediately? There are various different rules for different stages of this, actually. It gets quite complicated. Uh, let's say that Biden does win re-election on November the 5th this year. If he, for some reason, decides to not go ahead with it or get sick or something before the formal electoral college meetings, which take place in late December, then, in fact, it's the electors meeting in all the different state capitals. And this is normally a very formal uh, event where they just nod through the results of the election. They would actually have the job of picking the president. So it's not automatically the, the, the VP. It could be somebody, well, in that somebody case, totally different. That's right. I mean, mm. the VP would 
make the case of no doubt and have the strongest case, but it's not mandated to be the VP in that particular case. But if Biden were to quit after being confirmed as the next president by the Electoral College meetings, then the VP would step up and become the president for the next four years. So David, whilst it doesn't look like Joe Biden wants to step back, and as you said, it's unlikely that the party will want to push him, if anything did happen, just talk us through the runners and riders. Who could potentially replace him? Well, certainly Kamala Harris uh, would run. Uh, But remember, in the last primary process in 2020, she dropped out before any of the elections. She, She just didn't run a very good campaign. But since then, several governors have really caught the eye, notably Gavin Newsom, the California governor, Gretchen Whitmer, the Michigan governor, Josh Shapiro, uh, the Pennsylvania governor, Raphael Warnock, uh, the popular uh, senator from Georgia, and Andy Bashir, the, the, the Kentucky governor, uh, a Democrat who's won a second term in a red state. So he really would be one mm. to watch. Yeah, there are several candidates coming up who, at the moment for 2028, make it look like it's going to be very, very competitive for the Democrats and would, be, would make it a very interesting convention if they tried to switch horses in August. David, th- those are the rising stars, but I understand the bookies already have Michelle Obama on 12 to 1. Is, is that a possibility? No, it's, it's, a, it's a complete red herring. There's absolutely no chance of Michelle Obama <laughs> being parachuted in. It's just a fever dream of conspiracy theorists at the moment. Uh, she has said over and over publicly and privately that she just doesn't want the job. And David, you get to cover this. You travel around the country speaking to people who are going to be voting. What are you hearing from people on the ground, you know, from Democrats? Will they be voting for Joe Biden? Democrats are still very mixed. Some of them are positive about Biden and Harris. They're true believers. Some of them are resigned to uh, them being the candidates because it's just too late. And some of them are really in despair that this could let Donald Trump in and that Joe Biden's main achievement, if you like, of blocking Trump uh, and putting the economy back on track uh, will all go out the window because of his uh, ego, essentially, getting in the way of a next generation candidate running uh, later this year. So it's a real mixed bag in the party. It's everything on the spectrum from full support to utter despair. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, David Charter, Assistant Editor of The Times in America. Today's producer was Olivia Case, with production assistance from Sean Bradley. The executive producers are Kate Ford and Fiona Leach, and sound design was by Mal Lissetto. If you enjoyed this episode and you're in the market for more American election analysis, then do have a listen back to our previous episode, What to Expect from President Trump 2.0. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.